Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. And if you miss any any of our podcasts, you can check them out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live. Or you can check them out on the TuneIn Radio app. All you got to do on your Apple or Android devices, go to the iTunes store, Google Play Store, download the app, search TSL Podcasts on there. Give us a follow. We really appreciate it. If you got any more suggestions where you want to stick, where you want to hear us at, if you want to hear us on Stitcher or even iHeartRadio as well, let us know. Shoot us some feedback. We'll definitely listen to all the feedback as we continue to try to make this podcast better and better. we got a great show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about some NFL wildcard action. Wow, wildcard weekend was just amazing. It, I almost want to say it was a thrill for the dramatics as there was no home team that won there was no home team that won this weekend. The away team stepped up big time. Some controversial calls in the game, and then in one game on Saturday night, we saw a kicker just totally blow the game this earlier this afternoon, and we saw Mr. Kirk, a.k.a. Captain Kirk. Well, not even, I don't want to say Captain. I want to say, I want to say Captain Kirk Cousins, a.k.a. Mr. You like that, you like that, and his team lose to the Green Bay Packers. But before we jump into all that and more, let me bring on my co-host, the one and only Angela Montoni. Angela, how are you doing today on this uh, week of where we're not talking Eagles? We're talking about the NFL at large, and it's definitely refreshing to talk about some playoff action after you had a very eventful time watching uh, Vikings Seahawks. I'm doing fabulous. A couple extra feet, you know, to the – to the right, I'd probably have a completely different answer for you, but I'm doing great. <laughs> I totally believe you there. And uh, let's start off. Let's actually start off with that game. That game was just ridiculous. If people didn't know, that game had an early start, 1 o'clock game on on NBC, which was different. NBC got in a, got, got a daytime uh, Sunday game for a wild card, which was pretty cool to see Al Michaels and Chris Collier do a 1 o'clock game. That was pretty cool to see. We saw a very good football game, defensive battle between both teams, as we saw the Seahawks. They're like the game of Survivor, you got to outplay, outlast, outwill. We saw the Seahawks pull away by Skinner the Teeth to the Minnesota Vikings, 10-9 to in a defensive shootout. Uh, pretty much it wasn't not even a shootout. It was a defensive game all around. Both defenses played phenomenal. Give credit to Minnesota. Give credit to Seattle. I mean, Cam Chancellor, boy, oh, boy, got away with the uh, – got the pass interference in the fourth quarter. It was all setting up for Blair Washington. He just misses the, the chip shot of the field goal from 22 yards out. Just a wild game. Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Zimmer in their first playoff game, did really well. 
And Teddy did what you're supposed to do as a young quarterback, get your team down the field, and it just didn't end up that way. And Russell Wilson, the guy who's won the Super Bowl, did made plays on the other end. It was just a great game, Angela, even though it was low scoring. Oh, God, it was a great game. It was a scary game. I mean, at least for me, anyway. But it was it was getting to the point. I'm, I'm watching it, and like, they did defense. And, and, I, and I give such total credit to Minnesota because they – they really, they really played. You know, their defense at least played phenomenally. I mean, you got to give credit to the Seattle defense too because they were really able to mm-hmm. pretty much neutralize Minnesota's offense. You know, you didn't really. They, they were, they took care of Adrian Peterson pretty well. Um, at one, at one point when Michael Bennett went down, I, I didn't know what the hell to do. I stood up. I was like, "Get up, get up! You have to get up. You of all people need to get up." But the, when it came down to the fourth quarter, and that's just, I guess, it, I I was getting nervous when they went into the fourth quarter because, you know, Russell had to blow that timeout on their opening drive. I think he was having trouble hearing um, the stuff in his in his helmet. They go into the fourth quarter, and they're down, and they only have two timeouts left. And I don't know how the hell he scrambled out of that mess and somehow found Lockett. Like, that was some Mighty Duck stuff where it's like, hey, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. <laughs> And, and really great for Lockett to have a presence in mind and realize what what Russell is dealing with and, like, get into some area where he'd be like, hey, like, if you can throw the ball off, like, try to get rid of it, I'm right here. And that set up the touchdown, and that was ultimately the difference maker. I mean, I was, I was cursing Pete Carroll for a while because he should have let Hauschka kick that field goal in the second quarter, and then you would have had to force Minnesota to go in the end zone at the end of the game. Yep. But luckily, uh, by some grace of God or whatever, you know, Krishna or Buddha, whatever deity you believe in, he missed that field goal. And and I thought I was going to lose my voice right then and there. So I'm actually surprised that I'm able to speak tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was a wild, it was a wild game. And like you said, uh, Russell Wilson made plays when he needed to. Like you said, that scramble drill. Got to give them credit because a lot of quarterbacks we even see on the Eagles, uh, Nick Foles, a lot of quarterbacks when they get in that scramble drill, they put they keep their their eyes automatically drop and they're and they're and they're running and covering. Russell Wilson did not panic. He kept his eyes. She kept his eyes on the play and you know just kept on you know was making something happen and that's what we've been doing for the Seahawks offense all the time this season without without well, Marshawn Lynch said- without. Yeah. Without Jimmy Graham and without uh and without Thomas Rawls either. I mean he's been making plays and I mean even though the numbers are pedestrian, thirteen to twenty six for one forty two and a touchdown interception, he like they said on the post game show on NBC, he made the plays to win the game. Simple and no 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 disrespect to Teddy because Teddy made plays as well, but Russell made the plays when it counted the most. Listen, there's only one number that matters in the end, and it's your win-loss total. That, that's it. And and you're right. Like, a lot of quarterbacks, like, put their eyes down. Yeah, and, and he was – you could tell that he was just trying to get, get away from those tackles so he could throw it away and not get a loss, which is what you'd want a quarterback to do in that situation. Luckily, he had a receiver that also had the, had the presence of mind to see what was going on and get himself open. It was just – I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I, I thought – you Russell goes down and he gets sacked that play. Their goose is cooked. That game is over. Right. That was a huge game changer. And the interception, or no, the fumble. The fumble came. The fumble came right before. Or the fumble came right after that. And that was the momentum swing right there. That was the game changer. It was. It was a very nerve wracking game to watch. 
but like I said, the only night and, and his numbers, yeah, I would say his numbers are pedestrian. Yeah, this game they were, but this season, most certainly they were not. There was a reason why he's in the, he was in the MVP conversation. His season this year, you know, he just keeps getting better. And it's a damn shame because he could have been an eagle. <laughs> yeah, he could have been. And I always say that to people when there was this, I think there's a, there's a story out there that uh, Russell Wilson, when the Eagles asked him, you know, he said to the Eagles, if you draft me, I can win you a Super Bowl. Said that and he showed up and he had Earl Thomas here if they drafted correctly. Yeah, but we're not we're not going to we're not going to go down that we're not going to go down that lane tonight. We're going to we're going to no, we're, no, we're, no. we're going to stay on the turnpike. We're not going to make we're not going to get off at the exit right here to talk about the Eagles. No, sometimes even I get tired of beating that dead horse. So. Oh yeah, 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 totally, definitely. We 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 do because just like you said, we can vent about the Eagles all day. <laughs> All day long, and they just frustrate us. Even when they don't play, they still frustrate. <laughs> they still frustrate. Oh, yeah, they didn't us. even play today, and they come up in the conversation. How does that happen? Oh no, wait, that was my fault. But yeah, Russell Wilson, he, he keeps getting better. He just keeps getting better. He's not a game manager anymore. Some of those balls he throws has like laser precision. Like, you know that game that you would play, like, in elementary school and, and high school where it's, like, throw the football through the hole and, like, win a prize. Like, he could do that from, like, 70 yards out at this point. Like, he just keeps throwing lasers. Minnesota was ready for the bombs, and, and you know, there were a couple of them that he shouldn't have thrown because they were waiting for it. But he just keeps yeah, getting better. Which is good defense by them. They 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 really they won it. They, they wanted Russell to beat them with the short game today. They really did. And they were and they were prepared for them. They were ready for them. Seattle goes in there a few weeks ago and blows them out. What was it, thirty-seven or thirty-eight to seven, or it was something around there? Thirty to thirteen, I think, or something like that. I think it was like thirty to thirteen or thirty-seven to something. It was in the thirties. Yeah, Seattle goes in there and blows them out too, like a couple of weeks ago. You know, it, this was not supposed to be like this close to the game. Minnesota was prepared. Yeah. Minnesota was prepared for them. They were ready for them. So you got to give them complete credit for their game preparation because you could tell that it was not going to be an easy game. Yeah, definitely. With a second-year second coach and Mike Zimmer and a second-year quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater both making their first playoff appearance and just coming that close, you definitely got to give them credit for uh, definitely got to give them credit for doing that. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, 38-7. Yep, there you go, 38-7. So, like you said, they made adjustments. Uh, for this game, and it definitely paid off for them to get the uh, get the victory. So we're going to come back and talk about the Seahawks later in the show when we look when we talk about the divisional round. But if you want to get in and call in, you can call at three two three two three six four two twelve fifty six. Open up the phone lines tonight. Why 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 not? You know, it's NFL play is wild card weekend. Got to do that. Three two three six four two twelve fifty six. Let's talk about another game that happened on Saturday night, which was. Uh, it was interesting. That was. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> that game was uh, ooh, that game was one of the most violent, vicious games I've watched in a while. Uh, talk about the refs not having control. Pittsburgh escapes the vic, escapes with a victory. Cincinnati blows it. Uh, like I said, Angela, the refs completely lost control of the game, and I think the refs lost control when they didn't. Uh, Flag Ryan Shazier on the blow on the head to hit on the helmet to helmet hit the Gio Bernard and that's when the game just went totally uh, south after that. 
Oh, yeah, they retaliated hard. <laughs> yeah, was, they, that, they, whole, that whole thing was a circus. That whole thing was a circus. <laughs> circus. And the worst part was Cincinnati had a chance to win that game. And I'll tell you what, if Cincinnati mm-hmm. won that game without Andy Dalton, then the Eagles better have thrown whatever money they could at a huge accident and then hire the man. But they they, they almost won that game. You know, you, you have you have bonehead players like Brissett and and Pac-Man Jones that you know make those those penalties. They're just they're just blatant and 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 obviously with the intent to hurt somebody. It's not like oh man, I accidentally knocked him in the helmet when I went to tackle him. Yeah, the plays were over. Right. They right. had a chance to win that game. How stupid can you be? Because, yeah, okay, be pissed off that they didn't call that on Giovanni Bernard, but be pissed off in a different way. Show it a different way. Go out there and score points. Go out there and win the game. That's how you should show that you're pissed off in this league. Don't go out there right. and start taking you, cheap shots. And, right. and, the, and, the funny thing, and the funny thing about it is, you know, those those fans, and I use air quotes when I say it, not only hucked garbage at Big Ben when he was hurt, but hucked garbage at their own team when they were walking off the field. But people still talk about throwing snowballs at Santa Claus in Philadelphia from the 60s. And they still have the misinformed wives' tale about the Eagles fans cheering Michael Irvin when he broke his neck. Again, not true. This is a dead horse that I will beat until I take my last breath. They, <laughs> they cheered when he went down because it was, it was, a, it was a hard hit. When they realized he wasn't getting back up, they went silent. They booed because Deion Sanders was doing some kind of rain dance around him. Went silent again. When they carted him off the field and he gave the thumbs up to the crowd, then they cheered because, okay, look, he's not paralyzed. He's not dead. But everyone will still talk about all that. These misinformed, you know, anecdotes that none of these people who spit them were even there for them or have a relative that was around or there for them. But people will still love Philadelphia fans like this. But, you know, what has really been made about Cincinnati hucking garbage at their own team as they went off the field? You know, Eagle, even if the Eagles would have done that, made it to the playoffs and gotten bounced wild card weekend, they never would have thrown garbage at their own team. Maybe a chip, but not at the team. <laughs> it's just, yeah. You know, but, but that's not even really being talked about. If that happened in Philadelphia, right. oh, man, that'd be on CNN, that'd be on Fox, that would be on NBC. They'd be cutting into the Seahawks game, and, and did you see in Philadelphia last night, they were throwing beer bottles at their team as they walked into nothing. Yeah. No, you're that right about that. That game was that. absolutely out of control. And as much as I dislike Pittsburgh, you know what? It's, those fans don't deserve a team that's going to make it far in the playoffs, which is a damn shame. No, you're right about that, and I'm glad you brought that up because I asked on uh, Facebook and Twitter, you know, what stood out to everybody, uh, what stood out to everybody from this weekend uh, games, and we had uh, we had somebody on Twitter mention me, uh, my uh, classmate from LaSalle Mache mentioned saying that the lack, what stood out from her, she said the lack of class in Cincinnati, the missed field goal kick, and how the Redskins pulled a fast one on a lot of people. And we had uh, somebody said the missed 27-yard field goal, Bud Grant. Yeah, Bud Grant, the 88-year-old old Vikings coach coming out with no sleeves. That was pretty dope. Uh, that was badass. It's very badass. And, uh, Joshua Santos, he came out and said uh, the hit on Antonio Brown. Are the Bengals for the ones to lose? You know, basically a lot of – he answered – he asked a lot of questions, which we'll definitely get into. But, you know, like some – like one like Mache said, you know, the lack of class and sensitivity, and, you know – that pretty much doomed them in that game. Like you said, 
that Pac-Man and Burfick doesn't do that doesn't do those dumb things. They they win the game, and you can't even blame the offense because AJ McCarron, who was in his first playoff start, did the job. He did the job. He got them down the Hell field yeah. through a beautiful pass to AJ Green, and Green makes a spectacular catch. And just you know, do you think you when you and I said and I think I said this to somebody. I think I said this on. I think I said this to somebody today. I said you, I feel bad for AJ McCarron and Teddy Bridgewater these past few days because those guys, those young rookie quarterbacks from the same draft class and their first playoff appearances, led their teams to wins just to see them lose. I. I mean, I, I think I mean Teddy Bridgewater. I think can hold his head a little bit higher than AJ McCarron can. To be completely honest with you, yeah, yeah. I think if I were, <laughs> I think if I were in the NFL, I, I would definitely be able to like look at the you know the loss to the Seahawks and be like, okay, guys, like we tried our hardest and we gave it our all and we just didn't right. come you out on the a, other end of the you scoreboard. Kept, you, kept, just, you kept a Seahawks team that was scoring thirty plus points in the last half of the season. Ten points. Right. I think if I were Teddy Bridgewater, I'd be able to hold my head up a little bit higher. AJ McCarron went back in that locker room and probably was like, you stupid, expletive, expletive, expletive. Like, we were leading that game with, like, not even three minutes to go. No, you're right. They they definitely did. They led it with three minutes to go. And, you know, just just the playoffs for you. But somehow, some way, Angela, Marvin Lewis keeps his job. Somehow, Marvin keeps his job. Haven't won the first. Haven't been in the first round of the playoffs, and he still keeps his job. <laughs> Hell no, I I can't wrap my head around that. He has more lives. He has more lives. More he has more lives than a cat. You know, cats have nine lives. Somehow he has more than that. He has surpassed Andy Reid in sticking around. Like my like my goodness. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I know that's. And the thing is, you know, Sandy got the boot after you know, he had like what, like two two unsuccessful seasons that were followed by how many successful ones? Right, exactly. Uh, you know, and somehow he still sticks in Cincinnati. So we'll see what happens for them at their at their. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, cause you, sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. No, you can go ahead. <laughs> no, but that's a, but no, but that's a good thing because what I've read is if Cincinnati's going to let go of of him then they're going to find Hugh Jackson as their head coaching position because they know that everyone wants him. So I'd prefer him to get interviewed by the Eagles and come here, so keep him. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break your heart about that, about Hugh Jackson. But, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a big Hugh Jackson supporter myself, but uh, I think I read something this weekend on BleedingGreenNation.com, and they said that uh, they said that Hugh Jackson – I think it was on Bleeding Green Nation. No, it was on Section215.com. Uh, they said that Hugh Jackson, among, along with Dirk Cutter and someone else, is not on the Eagles list to be interviewed for a head coach. What the hell is wrong with Jeff Lurie? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because Why wouldn't we, he be we, on the list? Why wouldn't he be on the list? You want to Deuce Staley. Who, I mean, and, I, and I, as much as I love Deuce, and I'd love to see him continue as the running back coach. I don't want him as our head coach. Like, I want someone that has, like, a laundry well, list of NFL well, experience. Well, well, and I don't well, want well, you know, well, you know, well, well, you know why they interviewed Deuce Staley. You know why. It satisfies rule, the Rooney rule. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why Herm Edwards doesn't take interviews anymore. He got tired of being in the Rooney role. 
<laughs> you're right. You're definitely right it about that. It happened to him like you're four times. Right. That's why he was like, nope, I don't care anymore. He does broadcasting gig or his analyst gig, whatever he do. And he doesn't work much at all. Probably gets right. paid the same money right. with the head coach, so can't right. fault him. Right. I mean, I, I think that's absolutely John insane. Cower. Right. Herm, John I mean, Gruden, and Bill Cower, they are sitting pretty right now. I think that's really insane for Hugh Jackson not even to be on their list. Like, why does he not even warrant an interview? He's been an offensive quarterback or an offensive coordinator, a quarterback coach, a running back coach, a secondary assistant. He's been a head coach. Like, yeah, his head coaching days in, in um, for the Raiders weren't really that great, but he got caught up in that mess after Al Davis died. Contact. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why he's not even on their list. I mean, I I, I hope that I know I know I know Jackson has has an interview with San Francisco and um, San Francisco. He interviewed today with San Francisco and Cleveland. No, maybe Chicali will block him from those jobs, and he can go destroy somebody else's team. Hey man, Chip is not Chip is Chip is not in favoring around the around the NFL right now. For everything yeah. I've been reading online, yeah. Chip is not in favor with a lot of with a lot of teams. And I'll tell you what, as a much as I dislike Deshaun Jackson, I agree with every single word that he said about his statement with Chip Kelly and Karma. I agree with every single word of it. As much as I really mm. dislike him because of his holdout and how that hurt the team when Definitely. he was here. He's he's acted like a petulant child from time to time, but so is Chip Kelly. But I agree with every single word that Deshaun Jackson said. Every oh, me single too. word. Me too. Totally. Like I said, I agree with you as well. Karma does come back in. Like Deshaun said in that piece with uh, with Robert Klumko of, of the Money Morning Quarterback, he said, you know, car- he believes, you know, karma, you know, karma, and, you know, big believer in karma, and it happened to Chip, and he said, you know, he stripped. He he said it's sad to see this happen to the Eagles because he said we were he said we were a brother. He said we were brothers. And they said when you get rid of the Trent Cole, the Ty Harriman, uh, Trey Lashawn, Trey Brandon Boykin, let Jerry Macklin walk in free agent, and you tear the team down like he did. He said, you know, that's karma. <laughs> and the thing is, too, like I heard Brandon Boykin's name a few times last night. Every single time I sat up and I was like, oh, why does that name sound familiar? I mean, he probably he would have definitely helped us in the secondary, especially with Nolan Carroll going down. No disrespect to Eric Rowe. I think he's going to be a great cornerback. No, you know, it would nice to have some depth. No disrespect at all, but at the same time, like the chatter was, oh, I'm going to send him to Pittsburgh where he can be like an actual cornerback. He's the best slot corner in the league, and what is he playing with Pittsburgh? He's playing slot corner. Mm-hmm. So you, so your justification was, I'm going to do right by him, and I'm going to send him to a team where he can play the position that he wants. He's playing the position that he played with the Eagles, and he's doing the same thing he did with the Eagles, which is something with Excel. You know, how many no, times did Brandon Boykin sail out of nowhere, out of thin blue air, and intercept the ball? And it's like, oh, my God, where did you come from? But I love you, and thank you. If it wasn't, for, just, him in 2013, if it wasn't for him in 2013... Yeah. Having six interceptions, they might have not. They might have not been in a lot of games that year. To be honest with you, no. It's, and and what propelled them to the playoffs was an interception against Dallas that year in like the last minute. Well, again, he sailed out of clear blue air and just was like, "That's mine. I'm taking it." So it's just it's just whatever. I'm uh, he's gone. It's not a problem anymore. <laughs> But I just I, I I I get concerned and I get angry about what we had and what he got rid of. 
and because he left and, you know, but like I said, I agree with every single word that Sean Jackson said. And I loved it because, again, he's allergic to the end zone today. <laughs> he couldn't even break the pile on. <laughs> like throwing the ball behind him all over again. But let's, let's talk about those games, actually. I'm glad you mentioned Deshaun and I mentioned Jeremy Macklin. Let's talk about those games. Let's, let's talk about those. Uh, Green Bay, I mean, everybody, we saw it on the Fox pregame, postgame pregame show. Everybody was picking. Everybody except Howie had picked Washington to win. Everybody was leaning towards Washington because, you know, Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk. Mr. You like that? You like that? <laughs> no, he not really. The, I think Patrick was, Ford is offended. <laughs> right. <laughs> he he was going to lead the charge, and you know, if he wins this playoff game, you know, he's going to get 20-plus million dollars, you know, give that man a long-term deal, see you later, RG3, or as Greg Evram says, IR3, you know, he's going to lead the charge in Washington. <laughs> I guess they forgot who was on the other side of the field. The bad man, Eddie Lacy and company, came in, dropped 30-plus points on him, and defeated them. That was looking dicey earlier. That <laughs> was looking dicey in the first half. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you, and and, and you, everyone you was picking concerned. them pregame. And it's, it's, it's funny because it's like, wow, my, how the mighty have fallen. You know, two years ago we were talking about Green Bay as being one of the elite teams in the NFL. And we still have Aaron Rodgers and everything. But, man, their defense has really gone downhill. Yeah, it sucks because Sam Stills wasn't playing this game because I think he's still dealing with concussion, so they definitely was missing a key member of secondary. Yeah. And and like you said, their defense stepped up and once again, like somebody I think Charles Robinson on uh Charles Robinson at Yahoo Sports uh mentioned on Twitter today I retweeted it. Uh he mentioned, you know, that Kirk Cousins still has not defeated a team with a winning record this season. Smoking mirrors. And now it's proven. I set my pick. I set my team on that one. Well, it's it's all it, he's all smoke and mirrors, and there you go. There's the, the statistics to back it up, and the numbers don't lie. And you know, who's to say next year they don't come back to RG three and say we're so sorry? And he says, "Nah, kick rocks. I'm tired of dealing with y'all." I wouldn't blame and, if he did that. And did you and did you see that during during the telecast? I think Chris Rose was talking about how how RG three, you know, he's determined to start and play somewhere next year. So. I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves Washington. He'd say, you know what? I'm done taking my talent somewhere else. Would you blame him? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because they gave up on him too fast. He didn't tailor the offense, and this is my problem. They didn't tailor it, and people want to say, well, RG3, he runs too much, gets hurt. Don't give me that nonsense because you you can tailor offense around the mobile quarterback. Just look what Seattle does. They tailor the offense around Russell Wilson. They give him a running game. They give him even a running going, game to propel himself. Even going back to like the the you know the turn of the century with what Atlanta did with Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. If you have so a quarterback that has the kind Algie of Crumpler, ability, then Ward Dunn yeah. running back, TJ Duckett. I mean. And like it's, you said, I wouldn't blame so RG3. I wouldn't blame him. No, not at all. Nor would I. That's a team that's obviously not committed to him. And, you know, I think it would be a mutually beneficial parting of the ways if he just said, look, you guys don't really care if I play here or not. And, you know, but let him go somewhere else. I think the problem uh, you, is he was he was thrown on the field 
mm-hmm. too early. I, I mean, but they didn't yep. really have another option. But, I mean, I guess, the, people, I guess people, I guess people forget. Yeah. I guess people forgot yeah. that he actually led them to their last playoff appearance against yeah, Russell Seattle, against, against Russell Wilson against Seattle. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, I remember, I remember that game. <laughs> that was a fantastic game. That was an excellent game. I mean, it was sad that he that got was. hurt, but at the same time, we saw from that game. It's funny that you mentioned that. We saw the, the tracks of two young quarterbacks. Go two different, go two different ways in that game. Russell Wilson from that game had propelled himself into one of the good, the great quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't like to throw the elite tag around because people do that too many times. Russell Wilson has become a good to great quarterback. RG three has now became a good to average quarterback. But if he gets in the right situation, and I said this on ESPN fourteen on ESPN in Honolulu a couple of weeks back, I said I see RG three in Philadelphia. I might have seen RG three in Philadelphia if if um Chip was still here. I don't Me too. It just depends on who they go with for their head coach and what but, their but, but, what their strategy is. Right. Some coaches don't like a mobile quarterback. They don't. But here's the thing. If Sam Bradford is gonna cost you twenty plus million dollars and break oh, the bank, not. you <laughs> gotta go R G three. Or do you wanna do a one year at Sanchez? <laughs> Well, here's the here's the thing. It depends on how much RG three would cost you. It depends on how much all of these people would cost you, because mm-hmm. you know you got to think to the now you got to think to the draft. Are you going to draft a quarterback? Okay, cool. If you draft a quarterback, don't chuck them on the field immediately. No. Have them redshirt and look. I I think I said it like three weeks ago. I want the quarterback whoever will teach the one they draft better. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucks because that's kind of like admitting that you'll deal with mediocrity for two years. But I'd rather right. have a quarterback that they draft, get you know experience on the practice squad, and then it, you know come in here and there to get the end. I'd rather that, and then be really good as you build around him in the draft in those two years. Then them sign a quarterback where it's just going to be another implosion. I don't think. I mean, I can't take that. I can't take another losing season because I've just gotten this. This season has made me so jaded and so bitter. No, I totally, I, I, I totally yeah. agree with you. I, I don't think none of us. I think none of us even know next year is going to be a quote unquote rebuilding year. I don't think no one wants a below five hundred year uh, this this no, season. But, and if they get a guy like a Tom Coughlin. Then I think my expectations change. I think my expectations change for next season. I really do. I just think Tom Coughlin needs to retire. He's yeah old, and and it's like, dude, like you've done your part. Like just ride off into the sunset and enjoy your retirement. I mean, like think... no one wants to die on the field. And is he a good coach? Yeah, he is. I don't necessarily know if he's. I don't necessarily know if he's the best fit here. I I, I, right. I don't know. I mean, I'd I mean, be okay. Is that, I mean, is that or Doug? I mean, is that or Doug Peterson? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want him either. This did, is did, a disaster. Did you hear about that? This is a disaster. I did hear about it. You know, oh God, this is this whole thing. You know, but <laughs> I I want you know, back to the quarterback thing. I want them to sign the quarterback that will best teach the one that they draft. I agree. And I agree. and if they if they take 
quarterback in the first round. They might take Kurt's boy in Paxton Lynch. They might take Adia's boy in uh, Carson Wentz. They wait till the third round. They might get my guy. I mean, you don't even know. But I'd rather them draft whoever can teach the quarterback they draft. Right. I totally, and I totally agree. Bradford, but I think Bradford's going to go out there looking for big money. I think that Sanchez yes. will be the best value. I think Sanchez will be like, look, I'll stay here for cheap. I know what my role is. I know that I'm out and like, or I'm back up again in like two years. And I'm sorry, but Sanchez has had a better career than Bradford. His ability not right. as, no. as good as Bradford, yeah, I can admit to that, especially with what we saw at the end of the season. But right. Sanchez has the experience with being in like those real game time situations. He has playoff yep. experience. He knows what it's yep. like to be under pressure like that. And that's the kind and of the stuff that pick. Exactly. And that's the kind of stuff that your skill can't help you with to deal with that kind of pressure. So I want them to sign the quarterback that will help the one they draft most. I don't want them going looking for a quarterback in free agency. I think that's just a recipe for failure. Right. No, I totally agree At this with point, you. Whoever's the cheapest, and then, unfortunately, we just have to deal with, like, two more years of mediocrity, which is going to happen. Sorry to burst your bubble, folks, but this team is not going (laughs) to, like, go out there and win, like, 12 games next season and make the playoffs and get a bye. Like, it's not happening. Listen, we're almost close to pitchers and catchers. It's almost time. I know. I'm so excited. So excited. Opening day is the happiest day of the year to me. I am, like, I've got a countdown on my calendar right now. It's like Christmas. It's like Christmas, you know. There's, there's just so much talent. But, but, but we're going to talk about baseball in another podcast. I know, I know. I got to say this as a side, though. I got to say this as a side. Last year, I was, I was, you know, I went to the hair I was, like, drunk as hell. And I'm walking around, like, happy home opener, everyone. So I was like, this really sucks. I'm going to go 162 games at that season. <laughs> That's part of baseball. <laughs> There's, like, an endless chance for redemption. So, Phillies, please, I beg of you, come back soon. Even if you lose a bunch of times, like, come back. <laughs> please come back. Please come back and delight our hearts. We need something. Sixers are garbage. I mean, the Flyers are looking okay, like, for their future years because they finally unloaded that cap space that had them handcuffed. Mm-hmm. Well, man, we got nothing to look forward to right now. Yeah, it's really, it's uh, it's really bad. Bleak. Really bad. Very bleak. Um, last last game that happened this weekend, and I and we and we were just mentioning about Doug Peterson, Andy Reid and the Chiefs blew out the uh, blew out the Texans. I think it was thirty to zero. Brian Hoyer had five turnovers. Uh, by himself. I mean, that game was just ridiculous. Now Davis takes opening kickoff. 105 yards to the house. Uh, Jeremy Macklin goes down with a with a looks like a terrible knee injury. In tears on the sideline. Came back today. He only had the high ankle sprain. Amazing that that happened. I mean, Andy get this playoff win. There they move on. They beat the Texans. Now they face uh, Tom Brady and the boys in New England next week. Good for Andy. Good for you, Andy. Not that I just think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but if they do, you you go get your ring, Andy. Mm-hmm. He did nothing, nothing but good for the city of Philadelphia. He did nothing but good while he was here. Yeah, it really kind of went downhill the last couple of years, but, you know, I mean, if anyone really can say that they hope they wish he was never our head coach, I, I would ask, you know, what drugs they were on because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Unfortunately... His son passing away obviously took a really huge toll on him, as it would anybody. I, I, I think that 
you know, losing a child is probably one of the worst things anyone could ever go through that you would never wish on anyone. The fact that he did it Especially. and the son was so young. And, and you know, was, his, I think, yeah. I think it, was, it was during training camp, wasn't it? They it was, was all staying yeah, up at they, Lehigh. Yeah. Yep, they found him in the dorm room at Lehigh. And, you know, it was – I guess maybe he felt like it was just a bad situation for him to stay here because everything around here reminded him of him, which would be completely understandable. I mean, the circumstances that surrounded Andy leaving really weren't just, well, he was a shitty coach and we let him go. It, it, that's that's not the case. It's good to see that he was able to go somewhere else, and it's good to see that he can still function and he can do what he what he loves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm really happy for Andy. And if they lose next week, I mean, that sucks. But I, I'm still really happy for Andy because he, you know, after everything he's been through, he he, he deserves it. Definitely does deserve it. And um, I'm glad you mentioned, as we, about the, as we wrap up here, we only got like nine minutes. So, as we wrap up here, um, looking towards wild card weekend, Angela, I mean, I mean, wild, I mean not wild card, excuse me, divisional. Uh, playoffs next week. We got Casey, New England, Green Bay, Arizona, Part Two, Pittsburgh, Zim- Pittsburgh De- versus Denver, and Seattle versus Carolina, Part Two. Out of all those four games, and you can even go and you can even pick at this Seattle game. Uh, out of those four, out of those four games, what one are you most looking forward to? Like, which one more piques your interest? <laughs> Well, of course, I have to work during the Seattle game on Sunday, so sorry, everyone. You might wait a little bit extra for your onion rings. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, that's the one. That's 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 the key right there. They knock off Carolina, and, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's the chatter now. We'd like to see new blood represent the NFC. Well, maybe it's not the best team in the NFC. Carolina is young, and, and they're going to – they're going to be scary in the next few years. But mm-hmm. that's going to be a really good game because that's the team that has the best record in the NFC, and that's the team that's trying to knock off the old blood. And, you know, here you have Seattle saying, no, we're not done yet. We realize we should have won the Super Bowl last year. We should have ran the ball 2-1. and won. Yeah, should have. So that's a huge that's a huge game because will Carolina's nerves kick in a little on them? Quite possibly, because they're going up against the defending NFC champions who have been completely unbeatable in the latter half of the season. Yeah, today wasn't really their best game, but they still survived, and that's what separates a good team from a mediocre team. That your good teams find a way to survive, and when your defense picks you up you reward your defense for picking you up. And you get a little bit of luck here and there. That's the one I'm looking most forward to. I'm Kansas City and, and the Patriots. I would love to see Andy Reid knock off Bill Belichick. It would be like revenge from Super Bowl 2005. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I would love to see that, man. If Andy Reid gets to shake Bill Belichick's hand when Andy wins, I will I, – go Andy. Knock him off. You, you you tell him that he's a, that you owed it to him from like ten years ago, eleven years ago. <sighs> so, but to that one, I mean Pittsburgh. I think I think Denver's going to clean Pittsburgh's clock. Mm-hmm. I don't think Pittsburgh stands a chance Me against Denver. And you know Green Bay showed some great moxie today, but I think Arizona takes them out. 
Yeah, that's the game I'm most looking forward to, Green Bay, Arizona, especially because Green Bay got totally trashed in uh, Week 16 by uh, Arizona in their defense. So I definitely want to see how Arizona plays as being the hunted. Uh, I want to see how they play being in that role. I'd like, I want to definitely see what Green Bay does, if they if they can really put up the same performance that they did against Washington. In this game, I want to see how Carson Palmer play. I want to see how Arizona looks being that team on the bye. And like you said, Seattle, Carolina, I definitely want to see how Carolina reacts. I mean, are they going to come out nervous and shoot themselves in the foot? Or are they going to play like Minnesota did with a young quarterback in Teddy and play their game? That's going to be the key for me. And like you said, Denver, Pittsburgh, Denver, I'm not really not really looking forward to that just because Big Ben's hurt. I think he has a sprained AC joint. He really looked in, looked at well in, in the latter, at the end of that game. Antonio Brown could, you know, he has a concussion right now, so he has to go through the protocol. So we don't even know if he's going to play if he does not play. Pittsburgh's leaning on Martavis Bryant, Marcus Wheaton, and Darius Hayward back. So I think uh, that's not going to be much of a challenge for the Denver secondary. And Peyton Manning, you know, Peyton showed some moxie in the last week of the season. So you know he, you know he, you know he has one more left in him to uh, give it a go and try to get back to an illustrious Super Bowl as he hasn't won one in a while. So I definitely think that's going to be a good one. So if that and I think if he doesn't win this year, he hangs it up. Totally, I totally agree with you. I think, yep, I totally agree with you. If he doesn't, if that doesn't, if that doesn't happen, if that doesn't happen, then yeah, he's going to hang it up. I I agree with you. There's already there's already calls for him to retire and like become head of the players' association. <laughs> I've read that like on multiple sources. Like he's got some kind of place there as soon as he retires. He won't be even out of a job like a month. Wow. Plus he owns about like what fifty Papa John's. <laughs> yeah, he's on the commercials. Better pizza, Papa John's. No, uh-huh. no, but he he owns a bunch of them. He owns a bunch of them in Denver and in Colorado, which he was really smart doing that with the legalization of marijuana out there. Papa John Bill <laughs> probably skyrocketed. Peyton Manning's gonna have you know plenty of money opportunities and career after he goes. I I think if he doesn't win it this year, he hangs it up. And yeah, other than and most of the quarterbacks that are still alive in the playoffs have been there before, so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. You know, Alex Smith, who is going up against Tom Brady, who is like the epitome of been there before. Let's see how that one plays out. You know, Cam Chancellor hasn't really had too much playoff experience in his career going against Russell Wilson, who's been to two straight Super Bowls. I think those are going to be the interesting storylines. And then Aaron Rodgers against Carson Palmer. Palmer hasn't been to a Super Bowl. Rodgers has been to a Super Bowl, won it before. So it's all intriguing storylines, like you said. And that's pretty much going to wrap up the podcast here on uh, blogtalkradio.com. I'd like to thank everybody once again for tuning in. Um, it was a great, we did a great job, great job tonight. We somehow mixed in some Eagles and some Phillies. I don't know how that happens, but like we can with those first off podcasts all the time, you never know what to expect. <laughs> we go off on tangents, but that's what makes our show unique and yeah. fun at the same time. We just talk about anything and everything, and somehow they uh somehow they always connect and end up back at the uh, other. Somehow they always connect and back, but where our original topic lands. So, great uh, great job tonight, Angela. Thanks to all the people that commented on Facebook, interacted on Facebook, and and tweeted in uh, and tweeted in. Appreciate that as well. 
Um, we'll be talking to you guys uh, next Sunday. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next Sunday, 11 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern time, as we'll be as we'll figure out, as we'll know who we're going to, who we playing in the NFC and AFC championships for the right to go to Super Bowl 50 in uh, Levi Stadium. Uh, like I said, this is this is Jovan here. Make sure you follow on Twitter at Jovan10. Follow Angela on Twitter at Angmontone, and follow Total Sports Live at on Twitter. Like on Facebook, check out totalsportslive.com. So for everybody, have a good night out there. Uh, if your team won, good job. If your team lost, look towards the draft. It's all good. But everybody, have a good one out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.